Welcome back to the Practice of Being Seen podcast, episode number 28. As always, please remember that the information in this podcast is not a substitute for help from a licensed mental health professional. You know, so often here on the Practice of Being Seen, we talk about understanding who you really are and daring to share your truth with the world. We invite seekers, creators, and holders of transformation to join with us in conversation because we believe that stories shape relationships and relationships shape stories. You know me, Rebecca Wong. I'm a relationship therapist and founder of Connectfulness. Today, we're going to take a different spin on the podcast. And that's because we're in the midst of our own transformation. Marisa and I have invited a colleague, Patricia Young, to join us in conversation today to turn the tables around a little and hold space for us here on the practice of being seen as we talk to you about some transformations that are afoot. So it still feels raw and vulnerable for me to put the story of the transformations that we're experiencing out into the world and to share them with you, but I hope that by doing so, we are sharing our process with you and giving you both permission and space to see where pivots and transformations can occur in your process and your relationships as well, to see what serves you and what doesn't and what you truly do need to make space for especially as you dive deeper into understanding who you really are and daring to share your truths with the world. Today we have a friend and fellow colleague with us, Patricia Young. She's a licensed clinical social worker in private practice in San Diego. And Patricia's coming on for a different reason today. She's here to help us hold a conversation that we want to dive into with you about some changes that are coming up here at the practice of being seen. Welcome, Patricia. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this early morning in San Diego. (laughs) Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I feel very, very special being on your podcast. So thank you. We feel really honored that you're here to hold this space with us today. You know, Marisa and I are making a lot of shifts and we wanted to talk a little bit about those shifts that we're making today. And have you help us hold a conversation around those shifts so that our listeners can really feel like they're understanding where we're going and all of those pieces. And we know that we were having a little conversation with you online and you helped hold space for some really amazing questions that we wanted to make sure that we could bring into this conversation. So let's name that shift before we go any further, please. And that's going to be that Rebecca's going to be continuing the practice of being seen with her brilliant self. And I am going to be pursuing some different adventures. And we're going to stay connected in so many ways, but not necessarily appearing every Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform together. (laughs) Some Wednesdays. I'm sure we'll have Marisa back as a guest. I'll turn up. Yeah. I plan on turning up. (laughs) (laughs) But this change is coming within the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. And we have known about it ourselves for the past few weeks. And we're in a really deep and juicy and hard transitional time. Transformation is that way, isn't it? It's murky. It's messy as all hell. Yeah. And (laughs) and we've been practicing some of our own advice, Mm -hmm. which is that we hold it close and we do our work until we're ready to share it with the world. And we're ready. And we realize that we need to be held. And that's why Patricia's here to help us do that. Yeah. So on that note, Patricia, we're going to turn this interview and this conversation over to you to lead a little bit. All righty. Okay. So when I had heard that, you know, you two were going to be separating in terms of the podcast, the questions that came up for me is, did you have a falling out? What happened? And I'm wondering if you can share with me and with the listeners a little bit more about maybe even going back a minute to when you first decided to do the podcast together, what was your vision and what were the expectations? And then we'll kind of jump forward. Mm-hmm. I love that question. There's, <laughs> There's a lot of meat in that one. Too. 
We both had a lot of eye talking just now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my first thought is I don't exactly know the day we decided to stop doing this. We had a lot of circuitous conversations about can we, should we, what's next, what's next. So mm-hmm. I don't have, it's certainly don't have an exact date in my mind, but let's go back to the beginning because I think that actually really informs why the ending feels murky because the beginning was organic and you know what organic stuff is it's hummus and muck and water and earth and you get your hands really dirty and you don't really know what the day things start because it's just nature and Mm -hmm. part of it feels like it's always been there until then a sprout appears and when did that sprout appear I don't know exactly. I know that we have been in each other's lives for, gosh, what is it, like six, seven years at this point? Six, yeah. And everything has always felt so full and beautiful. And we've also always danced with the shadows and danced with the stuff that's tough in our lives individually. We've been there to hold and support each other through that stuff. And we've entered into this project, maybe without such clear expectations. Well, we both loved each other. We loved being together. We knew that we had the people we wanted to speak to. There was a ton of commonality there. We made this sort of creative magic together and just got each other's juices going. And all of a sudden, one little idea- just do it. We just just did it. Expand it. (laughs) And then to say we just did it is also- We we talked about the podcast for a year before it happened. You know, so we- we're putting pieces in place and working side by side and deciding what a collaboration might look like because of course there's a lot to it. It's more than just showing up once a week to record together. There's all the pieces around the business and what the expenditures are. And there's a lot of other stuff. And we have had our community together, which, you know, that's part of this conversation too. We're going separate ways with our community for therapists, but I'd say we both were joined by a passion for exploring ideas and that we love this podcast space and knew it would be more fun together. Mm. And that was what a lot of what guided us because it was business, but it was also just like, we talked about this a lot, the passion work. So sometimes when things change though, we realize that we have an expectation without realizing that we had one. Yes. So what was the unspoken expectation that you may not have realized that you had until you've come to this point where you're making changes? Mm. You know, I think for me, one of the unspoken expectations was that things were going to naturally and organically really continue to stay in a place where they were fitting together really well, mm-hmm. where both of our passions and both of our missions and all the purposeful things that we were trying to put out and achieve and do in the world would make sense. And that that would come together. We were just waiting for the day that that came together. And when we realized certain things were hard, like writing a sales page together, I don't think we necessarily- We had, we had different missions. Right. And yeah. we didn't necessarily see that it was because we had different missions, different visions. We wanted to end up in different places. It wasn't that we were just bad at writing that day. We just didn't get it yet. It was that we actually are trying to build two different things with the same blocks. And okay. we keep taking blocks from one another. And we had to leave a lot of the blocks we needed (laughs) along the side because, well, that doesn't fit here because that's too much my stuff. Mm -hmm. What's our stuff? This is what we have together and we didn't quite have enough to work with to really nurture us. And to go a little deeper in there, one of the things that I think we both really started leaning into as we started sitting with this more and getting more and more ready to sit in our own truths was, I'm even going to venture to say it was probably a really parallel dialogue for both of us in terms of our inner voices where it was, I'm making myself smaller. I'm not showing up here. I'm quieting myself. I'm not speaking my truth. I'm not saying the thing that I need to say because I care about the us. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's always the other parallel. We have another us. We have our own families. We have have husbands that we're you know, our primary partner. And when you bring in a business partnership, a podcast partnership, that's a whole other high intensity relationship. And there are moments so that it was harder to engage at that level of saying, in order to speak my truth, I really need to get into this with you. I don't have the emotional space right now because when I go home, I need to be there for him and for them. And we and I need to be there for my him. And my right. Dad. When I say that, yeah. that's how we both, I think, we're very much feeling in our parallel ways of knowing 
we've got these families who know yeah. each other really well and we treasure each other's families so much. And so we came to a point where sustaining our friendship and sustaining our families became really important to us. And that became the thing that we were like, in all of this and all of this getting complicated and feeling murky, that's the thing I don't want to lose. Right. So I just want to see if I'm understanding what you're saying, that you have this strong relationship with each other, but then coming into the business together created a third entity. And what you found out over time is that really where you each want to go is different. And in order to navigate that, that takes not only time and energy, but it puts your personal relationship at risk because you're maintaining your family life. You've got this business relationship. And so what you're seeing is that your visions are really different. And in order to preserve the friendship and for each of you to really be fully who you are, it's a more prudent at this point for you to separate so that you really can, you know, do exactly what it is that you feel that you're meant to do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She nailed it. <laughs> Did I miss anything? I'm hearing you reflect that back to us. And I'm thinking, oh, it sounds so much more clear coming from you than it does from me. <laughs> but yes, that's so much of it. It's that this friendship that we have is something that we both value so, so much. Mm -hmm. And there's another piece of this too, and how I've been describing it, is that I didn't expect this to be a transitional phase. And I don't think you did either. I think we sort of saw this as we had arrived somewhere together and we'd keep journeying. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment of being able to admit to each other, like this might've just been the thing that held us to mm -hmm. get to the next place we need to go. And that was a hard... I mean, like, you know, I work with so many couples. Are you okay? I got, I got, got all the shivers on that one. Mm. I work with so many couples who have to make hard realizations in their lives. And I think this was equally hard for us mm -hmm. to get to that place where, where we admitted that this thing that we've been creating, this baby that we've been holding and nurturing together, we take different paths from here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's a loss too, because the two of you went into that, whether the expectations were spoken or unspoken, that you were joining forces to create this podcast to send a message out to the world. And what you're finding now is that that vision is not going to work. And so it's letting go of the dreams that you had, even though you're clear that you have other work to do, there's still a loss there. It's the loss of that dream, the vision, the baby. And so there's some letting go. So much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, of course, look through everything with the lens of the storyteller to say there's that place in which you say, oh, the story's not over. This was actually just part of that mucky middle that you just get through this and you learn a lot and then you move on to the next place. And there's a way in which, you know, when Rebecca and I were talking things over last week, I just ended up in tears just saying, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I am so tired. And I wanted this to work as much because I wanted it to keep holding me. Mm -hmm. And then there's that realization that actually there was ways in which it was depleting and exhausting us both because we were forcing ourselves to make it work and we were ignoring that little voice within that said, but this thing over here. And I think Rebecca and I both are at that point of being tired and needing to find a way to still hold each other and hold each other up and no longer be depleting one another mm -hmm. accidentally and feeling all the feelings of guilt around saying like, I don't feel like we're doing it right. Why is it hard? Yeah. It wasn't what we were supposed to be doing. Yeah. Or it was what we were supposed to be doing then. Right. And then and once we got the messages, we listened to them mm -hmm. without taking too much time, which I'm proud of for us. We realized pretty quickly. Absolutely. And I think too, as women, that connection is so important to us and that sense of relationship. And I think that Many times women really will go the extra mile to try and make the relationship work. And it really is a shift and it's tremendous self-care when we realize that it's not working for us and that we need to renegotiate. Yeah. You know, the renegotiation has been really challenging for both of us. Mm -hmm. And it's been full of so many emotions. Mm -hmm. So tell me about some of that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. You know, Marisa is a storyteller and a fabulous writing coach. And I have leaned on her in so many ways to help me find my way into crafting my own ability to write. And what I have found 
just in the past few weeks as we are transitioning into this new space and as we're letting go of our partnership in this way is that in the context of our business relationship, I quieted some of my own stuff, some of my own writing. I didn't give myself permission to hit publish very often. I, I leaned on her talents and gave her those pieces of the role. And as a result, there were parts of me that didn't show up like at all. Mm. You know, there were things I had written that stayed in files on my computer for two years because... without being published because I was constantly waiting for permission. Mm. And it constantly got lost in all of the other things we were doing. And so it just, that thing wasn't taking a priority. So is part of that that you look at Marisa as being the expert. And so it's like, if it didn't feel like it was in alignment that, you know, it invalidated what you had to share. And so you kind of quieted your voice. Am I understanding? You know, I think part of this is my own journey throughout life, Mm -hmm. my own seeking to belong in different ways and my own quest to find a place where, yeah, I feel in alignment. And so Writing has not been something like, I wouldn't call myself a writer, but I do write. Mm -hmm. And because I'm partnered with a writer, it's been a part of my own identity that has been even harder for me to claim. Looking in the mirror, you know, and seeing the reflection of somebody who's really great at something, you know, it can make it harder to see those parts of yourself. And the interesting thing, to add to this piece, there's two things I want to make sure I get back to. We're make sure I get back to that email you sent out this week about paddling through Lake George, uh, an email that you wrote completely by yourself. And I corrected the spelling of one word. One word. Yeah. But in the last eight months or so, even back a little further, I've stopped writing too. Yes. I have been keeping up for clients. I've been writing website pages, but I have not written a single thing that I care about since we started practice being seen. Mm -hmm. And so I think in that way, I had to use my voice for a different purpose because we were so much, you know, you only have so much creative energy. You only have so much time and so much went into what we were creating together. And that sense of looking at our vision opposed to my vision made it such that I really started to lose track of what I needed to say as well. I think we both lost track of our voices. Because it became, it was about the baby, you know, instead of understanding what we individually needed. Such like a metaphor for like new parents and bringing babies into the world and all of that type of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Rebecca wrote this awesome, I don't know if you turned into a blog post. No, it's just, it was just an email. But it was a great email. And it was a metaphor that she extended about, you know, what was going through her mind. I was basically talking about having been on a paddling trip with my family and I was on a lake and we were taking turns paddling with the kids in a kayak and paddling on a stand-up paddle board. And there were also some solo paddles that I had gone out on. And while I was on the paddle board paddling by myself one morning, I had just a huge realization where I understood something about myself in a new way. And that thing was that while I was paddling, I was standing on the paddle board. I was keeping my balance. I was watching where the waves were. I was reflecting you know, reacting to the wakes that were coming at me. I was paddling and steering. I was looking at the shoreline and taking in the beauty and feeling the sunshine hitting my face and the wind through my hair and looking at the beautiful houses and noticing which ones were for sale. And there were all of these things that I was doing all at once. And it's the all at once-ness of it that slowed me down because that's what I do. I do a million things at once all the time. But in this moment, while I was paddling, the lake held me, it contained me, it gave me a purpose. It put all of the things I was doing in one place. And that's what Maurice is talking about when she's talking about how my brain works. Right. And that was permission for me to pause and say, to see it written out like that and explained opposed to me coming through my own filter of saying, there's something about the way Rebecca (laughs) does things that I admire. And yet- it makes me feel off step because that's not the way I work. And like, you know, in the case of Rebecca putting together so much of the behind the scenes stuff for our retreat and thinking about swag sponsors and all these different things, my brain starts to like, and it shuts off. And that's a hard thing for me to admit because I've been a veteran multitasker myself. But as I want to drop in 
to who I am and what I do. That's not where you show my, up. It's not how I show up. It's not where my writing voice will come through. It's not where, you know, the way this is kind of a tangent, but it's related. And I was thinking about this in the drive over here is for me, the practice of being seen is about wanting to be known for my writing. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my goal from the very beginning. And yet it's the thing you haven't been doing since we started this project. It's exactly what I lost. And it's exactly what putting together events and all these other pieces, it's the opposite set of skills than what I admire and I love, but I am not set up to do that. And I'm finally giving myself permission to say, because that's not your path. And for me, the practice of being seen has been a piece of this bigger connectfulness vision that I have, which is about connecting people, but it's also about helping people see themselves and see how they connect and see how they are in relationships and learn about themselves through being with other people. And all of these other pieces of it, they all come into play, both through like conversations like what we're having right now, through all of the conversations we've had on the podcast, through holding events like the retreat, like all of this stuff is a part of it. It's all a piece of this puzzle that is growing. Mm. Yeah. So part of what I hear you saying is that there are things that qualities that each of you have that in some ways are synergistic for each other and create something new. But I also see, and I think as entrepreneurs, this happens all the time that we look at what somebody else has and we get into the comparison Mm -hmm. and then it really dims our light because we feel like somebody else is saying it just the way we want to, or somebody else is doing something and they're doing it better than we are. And when we do that, like I said, it just dims our light because I think as entrepreneurs, we want to be the best that we can, but we have that negative chatter that holds us back. And when we start looking outside of ourselves, we get into that comparison trap. And that's part of what I hear a little bit of what you guys are saying. Yeah. And I think, you know, looping back to what you said, Patricia, about the idea of having a vision and Mm. knowing where that was going. I think sometimes in our understanding that the vision wasn't quite clear enough to hold us so that our separate gifts could really shine, there was Mm. that kind of mix in between of like, well, what's your role? What's my role? Where exactly are we going? If I do this thing, actually, I'm not feeling totally fulfilled oh shoot, I must be doing it wrong. And there's a piece in there too where you can only plan so much Mm -hmm. before you get lost in the trying to plan all the things that you don't know you're going to need to plan. Right. Right. You know? And so we hit a point in all of our planning where we said, you know what? There's a lot we don't know here, but let's dive into the unknown together. I trust that we can do this together. Mm -hmm. Right. And we are doing it together. Even in this conscious uncoupling, we're doing it together. And that is part of the process. You know, I think that there's no way to know when you go into any type of partnership what the outcome is going to be that you may have the same vision and goals, but as things unfold, you know, we learn, we grow, we change. This happens in all types of relationships. And so I think the two of you are really doing a beautiful job of modeling to your audience as, you know, what do you do when you start something and then you realize that your goals are not the same. And so how do you create what you need for yourselves, but still maintain the relationship and renegotiate. And that's kind of the middle of where you're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think we hit a point where we really noticed we needed to pivot. We Mm -hmm. both needed to pivot. And that in that pivot, it would help us both come back to our centers, Mm -hmm. that we had gotten away from ourselves through the partnership. And that what was important was that we regrounded ourselves, that we came back to our centers, and then we made space for each other again in our lives. Mm-hmm. So my question is, when you wake up in the middle of the night or you have those moments where the negative chatter starts in, <laughs> what are some of the things that are coming up for you and how do you manage that? A lot of my personal work that I've put to the side or brought in in oblique ways is around sovereignty. And that's that idea of, you know, for me, as I understand it, is really standing rooted in your own patch of ground and knowing who you are and what it is you're here to do in this earth and to be in relationship with others based on that understanding of who you are. I pulled from Celtic myth and it's a whole world for me, but without diving into all that fully, it's enough to say that when I wake up in the middle of the night 
the best part of me says, oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful lesson in how to truly stand sovereign in myself. And the less beautiful part is, oh my God, you idiot. You gave yourself away fully again and lost track of everything. You're such a hypocrite. Ah, da, da, da. But where I try to come to in the morning, in the light of the day, is to say, this is an amazing chapter in the book that shows me that I didn't have it all figured out and that it is a risky thing I'm asking for myself and it's hard and it's a journey. You know, what strikes me as I'm listening to you, Marisa, is that whole model of the hero or the heroine's journey, right? And there's this, you can speak to this way better than I can, but there's this point in the journey where that's the transformational, that's the apex, that's the point where I think we're there. Like we're at that point in this journey right now. And instead of it being a circle, it's actually going to loop into two circles. Yeah. It becomes breasts or something. That that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a pregnant belly anymore. It's breasts. You're the only two two women that would end up going there. (laughs) 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 Maybe not the only two, but we are two of. No. Yeah. Yeah. Today, you're the only two in my life. No, okay. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take it. We're standing sovereign with our breasts yeah. in your life. Um, there you go. But, you know, I love that metaphor, too, <laughs> because what do breasts do? I mean, yeah, they're these beautiful sexual objects, but they also are nurturing and comfort, mm-hmm. right? And, like, to lead into that as the next chapter for each of us in our own ways, that's tickling me. In a, in yeah. I mean, because when you know, I've spoken to friends about this, I'm like, what do you want from this? I mean, sometimes I'm like, I just want to get out alive and I just want to be on the other side of the hard parts and just the, the planning and the logistics and the what mm-hmm. comes next. And then it's also like, but how do we continue to be allies and support for one another? Because that's the whole goal in this is not to say there is a loss, but not for it to be a net loss. It's instead to say, we've strengthened this and we can strengthen one another from our own different pools that we're creating. Right. And I think that success really is about, I mean, these are very concrete words, but you know, it's like if you have a toddler who's learning to walk that they don't all of a sudden go from, you know, crawling to running, that it means that they get up and they fall down a lot. And I think that we want to be really linear when we look at setting a goal and achieving it, but it's really about the process and what the two of you are talking about is having a vision and then seeing that that wasn't working and renegotiating and, you know, we wiggle this way, wiggle that way. And instead of seeing it as a failure, it's really helped you to redefine what it is that you want to be doing and where you think your strength is. And so reframing that. And I think that's so important for all of us when we, you know, are heading one direction, we end up somewhere else instead of being hard on ourselves to really have compassion and love. And maybe we weren't supposed to be going where we thought we were going. Mm-hmm. And maybe it gets us somewhere else that's even more rich. Yeah. yeah. And then it's not an ending book slam shut, door slam behind you. It's just an ending with a breath and then a new story starts because it's just the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Right. Rebecca, have you had any negative chatter? Is this bringing up anything for you? You know, I have been leaning into a lot of different kind of stories in my own head. One of those things for me is that I don't know if this counts as negative chatter, but it certainly counts as something that, that I've been sitting with and has been challenging, is that you know I have my own histories of important relationships and how some of them have ended in my life. And it hasn't always been something that has felt good to me. Mm-hmm. And those stories have been showing back up for me throughout this and holding me also as I think about kind of, it feels kind of like Marisa and I have this spiritual contract of some sort that maybe there's a way to, to rewrite the story, mm-hmm. you know, and that this doesn't have to be like others, that we get to do this in our way and we get to make this into something that serves us both. Mm-hmm. And so that's really been where I've been. I've been meditating on that a lot. I've been holding space for that a lot. I've been getting caught at times in the murky spaces where the two of us are trying to explain or or get through something and make sense of it. And we're seeing it differently. We're hearing it differently. Our lenses are different and we miss each other and we miss each other. And then we miss each other again. And it's the work of how much work it takes to really hear each other, Mm -hmm. that we don't give up on it, that we stay with it, that we stay the course, but 
that's also the thing that's been draining us and taking us away from our families. And I think that's a huge piece of why this shift is coming. Sure. So those are the places I go. I don't know if that directly answers the what wakes me up in the middle of the night, because the truth is the things that wake me in the middle up in the middle of the night are usually my daughter screaming from the other room. <laughs> sure. It's I don't usually get in deep enough asleep these days. Mm. So that's just the truth of it, I think, for me. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm hearing and what I also believe is that, you know, we all come into life with these wounds from our childhood that is part of this, that we, it's like a lens that we see the world with. Yeah. So when we have change, shift, loss, things that happen, the natural tendency is that those wounds come up again. And what I hear both mm-hmm. of you saying is even though the wounds are coming up, you're really being able to see it differently and change the story around it and use it so that it works for you as opposed to feeling like it's opening up an old wound and getting stuck in a hurt place that it's a place like Marisa that it's reminding you that you have your sovereignty and you stand on your own and you know to pull you back to that place where you get to do what's important and what you value. Yeah, it's being able to go through this together has been quite an amazing journey. Like even in this unblending that we're going through right now, we're unblending consciously together. It feels nurturing in a new way. It feels kind of like we're we're putting compost in each other's gardens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes another the way compost to talk about the shit is really shitty. Like, because I want to own that too. Like, it I don't is, want to make it sound like. And then the angels sang, and we looked into each other's eyes. I mean, and it I was did a call little it hard for a second, and then it was okay. Like, no, there's been some moments of like, I'm a hider personally. I just had to disconnect. And that triggers me. And that triggers you. (laughs) And, you know, I was away with my family and I had a husband who was a little concerned about how much I was sighing as I was trying to just breathe through and breathe through and realize like, I don't feel good right now. I don't feel good right now. How do I figure this out. And, uh, you know, I was at the beach. I was at home. I was at my ocean. in that way. I was able, it took me a couple days Mm -hmm. to just get my feet in and spend enough time with myself to find my sovereignty, to say like, there's a hard thing. There's a hard relationship. There's a person that I love that I don't know how to talk to right now. Mm -hmm. This is hard. Okay. I'm not going to keep hiding forever. Right now, that's what I'm doing. And we'll come back. And so- because we can say that we're sitting here right now having this conversation, Rec and I are in the same room looking into each other's eyes, we're able to say that we've arrived somewhere that says this is nurturing. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make sure that we own the fact that there, there were, were meltdowns along the way. There were meltdowns. There were other stories. I mean, you referred, Patricia, to those you know, childhood stories. There was other things pulled in about like, is this part of this problem or another problem? There was a lot of confusion about... Mm-hmm. The co wasn't a date and we said, no, we're no longer going to do this together. There was, we're not, oh, maybe we could do it this way. We're not, maybe we could try this because we weren't ready to say we have to. We danced a lot before we came to this place of realizing like we're going to unblend. Before we came to this place, we were trying so hard to make things work and we were exhausting ourselves in that process and we were fighting against ourselves in that process, fighting against our own truths, not fighting each other so much. Not in in our heads. In our heads. Yeah. yeah. But not in But not actually. No. You know, I'm sure we both had the, if only you would, conversations with ourselves, but we never said those things to each other. And then we got to the place where we finally had that conversation Mm -hmm. that day that we went up to the fair in the car. We had a few conversations that day. And, well, it was like a whole weekend of having conversations. It started on a Friday. I think it ended on a Wednesday. It was like there was a whole week of conversations. But we weren't done yet then. No, we weren't done. <laughs> still wasn't done. But like that's where we were finally like stepping into this is the conversation we need to have. Right. And just to remember too, like this is so much, it's a relationship, it's about the two of us. And I know for me, it was so much that sense of like, wow, this is our public face. This mm-hmm. is what we've put into the world and told many people was a really strong foundation. And what does mm-hmm. it look like when it's not there? And so there's a lot of just the unknown and what will they think, which was, I mean, ultimately very unhelpful unless it's thinking about how to love and respect our podcast audience, our 
practice of being seen community and how to hold that the right way. That's something that requires a lot of grace and there's no real script for that. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of, just took a lot of mental energy too about like, well, how do we do this right? Well, I don't know because I don't know what is happening at this exact moment. And just trusting through that. And that's why we're here today with you, Patricia, having this conversation. Because we want to be really clear that we are going through our own shifts, but that we are also making shifts and we're repositioning ourselves in new ways. Marisa, I want you to talk a little bit about what you're going to do, what you're leaning into. I know I'm going to stay on with the podcast and relaunch a new community for therapists and that there's a whole bunch of other things coming. So if you're a subscriber and you've been listening and if you've joined our public community for the podcast over on Facebook, that these things are going to continue. They're not going away. There's more that's coming and that there's more that's coming from both of us. There's more that I'm bringing into the world and there's more that Maurice is bringing into the world. We're just going to be doing those things separately, right? So on the first day of summer, I launched the seven magic words challenge. And that was a culmination of work I've been doing on my own all year. And with the, I've been doing 365 magic words. And that kind of came to me as a download. And it was definitely kind of that voice of sovereignty whispering like, Marisa, this is your thing. Rebecca's been inviting you to bring your magic to practice of being seen, but it doesn't know how to sit in that bowl. It needs to stand over here. And so that was exciting for me just to kind of have as a reclaiming. And I'm going to be using that as part of my own building process. I've decided I'm going to be doing that every season and inviting people in to find and discover their own seven magic words. And that's going to be feeding into the Sovereign Writers community that I'm launching in September. So there'll be a place for those who are in the practice of being seen community and really we're leaned into the writing side. And I'm also welcoming in other healers and transformation professionals, because I think there's a space for all of us to write together. And I'm really excited just to be doing more of blogging on my own site and submitting to other places and starting to say like, hey, I'm a writer who writes, not only one who holds and heals other people's stories, because that's my fuel. And that's, you know, who I want to be when I grow up. And you don't get there unless you kind of keep taking those steps forward. So I'm excited for it. It's a rebirthing for me. I've been through three business partnerships in seven years. And this is a rebirthing for you where you are claiming you and you are standing in you. And And it's not a partnership. I'm living at (laughs) marisagowdy.com. She's arrived. (laughs) I land there in between these other URLs, but it's like time to just say, this is home. But she also was just rebirthed. Your website was just rebirthed. Which you were my biggest cheerleader on that. And a huge part of me was like, why am I doing this right now? This seems like this weird side hobby. Like, why am I spending every Friday and Saturday night up until one o'clock in the morning learning Squarespace? Like, this is crazy. But that's how often what's happening in so many of our stories is that we're putting these pieces in place and saying, I really don't know why, but, and I can now land there and say, I'm so grateful that I created a nest, a new nest that I wasn't even certain that I needed, but subconsciously or otherwise, you were there to help cheer me on and I was there to do the work and there it is. And even as I focus on my own writing, I will still be seeing and supporting individual writing clients and also leaning in not only to the writing and storytelling coaching, but thinking about that story healing part and talking about creativity and using some of my other magic to fold in for sessions that'll help people get back to the page and clear some of the blocks that keep them from writing and from telling their stories and from from being sovereign. I love where you're going with that. And Rebecca, what are you going to be focusing on now? So Maurice and I have had a community, a membership community for the practice of being seen for therapists. And we are archiving and closing down that community. Maurice is going to relaunch with her own stuff. And I'm going to launch a new membership community for practice of being seen for therapists. I'm also continuing with consultations and retreats. And all of the things I've been doing, including this podcast, 
but we're going to be refining it and going even deeper into the stuff that I'm ready to uncover and the stories I'm ready to explore that doesn't always have to merge writing because now there's a whole new space to hold that, to hold the writing and to hold the explorations that these two things can really unblend and exist in their own way. Yeah. And then how do you see the two of you continuing to work together or doing any professional things together? Are you going to totally be separating? Can you talk about that a little bit? Like right now, we want to get back to family barbecues Mm -hmm. and to go on hikes together and just to enjoy each other for a little while in that way. I think for both of us, Maurice is nodding along, that's a priority. And then as we both develop and create on our own, we're going to look for the places where we can maybe merge together and, you know, show up with a little surprise party here or there. Yeah. And collaboration, joint ventures. These are the words we Support. use when we think about other colleagues. And in that way, we'll look at each other like you are my bestest other colleague, yeah. opposed to that merging in which you lose yourself. And I imagine that, you know, as we both bring new things forth into the world, we'll have a lot of shared excitement for one another. And a lot of wanting to support and nurture and hold space for each other in that way. And so, you know, as when Marisa publishes her book, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? The one you're writing? Yeah. When she publishes that book, we're certainly going to have her back on the podcast to talk about it. Sure. Sure. (laughs) All right. Now you're really pushing that. I got to push the publication date up a little bit and the actual writing of it because I'd love to be back. Oh, you're totally allowed. I'm expecting Marisa will be back quite a bit. There's certain interviews that we've already chatted about, you know, possibly having this guest or that guest on. And there was one potential guest we haven't even reached out to who I got really excited about talking to. And then I said, and I couldn't do this conversation without you because myth is so much a part of why we would be having this person on. Mm. So I can imagine that for certain conversations, I'm going to be calling Marisa up and saying, you need to be on this podcast with me. You need to be Mm -hmm. my co-host on this podcast episode. So I don't expect that she's going to be going away away. (laughs) I just expect that we're finding new ways to make our lives fit with all of this. Sure. So for those listeners that are listening before August of 2017, you two have an upcoming retreat. So are you going to be doing that together or what can people expect? We are doing it together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We are so excited about it. And I think One of the things that's so awesome about this retreat, one of the things that I think we're really both excited about is that this retreat is happening during Mercury retrograde, which is a time of all the things that comes before manifestation. And so we're leaning into these new launches in September. And this retreat is a space to kind of do all of before the launch work, the heart work, the soul work, the stuff that says, I'm in alignment with this and I'm looking back at how this is a reflection because Mercury retrograde being the time of re, you know, we're calling the retreat revision. And it's a time to put yourself in alignment, to make sure of all of the pieces to integrate. Yeah. And to stand in your truth and really get clear about it, to do all the visioning. Mm. And so how perfect that this is the exact retreat that we're holding kind of as our major celebration of all that we have already created and what we're launching ourselves separately into. Because the people we're drawing to us, the therapists, the healers who are coming, they're so often, they're the solo act. They're the ones who are trying to figure out when they stand alone in their office, they sit alone on the couch and say, how do I get this birthed into the world? We're able to hold them as that level of saying, we understand exactly where you are with this. It sure seems like the timing of this couldn't be more perfect for both of you. You know, it's kind of the culmination of celebrating this part of your journey together and then being able to move on to whatever is next in your journey. Yeah, it feels divine. I want to own the fact that it felt like the worst possible timing in the world until it became the best possible timing in the world. Mm -hmm. Because that was part of the ache for me of like, we have this coming. How can we not be together every day moving forward, if we're going to sit together at this retreat and hold space. And the fact of the matter is, is of course we can do that. We know know how to be together. We know how to be together. (laughs) We know that we have a bond that transcends sitting opposite each other with microphones. And that's so much of what this retreat is about too, because it has a spiritual and a sacred 
element to it. I mean, Menla Mountain Retreat is where the Dalai Lama comes when he visits the Northeast. This place has deep roots into the earth and into the sky, into that something greater and something more. And when you're held in that space, magic happens. Mm-hmm. And healing happens there mm-hmm. too. Yes. Right? And so, yes, this transition has not been easy for either one of us, just as most transitions aren't easy for pretty much anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of even just like how kids grow and how their body aches as they're growing, like, and their mood shifts and how hard it can be just to grow, right? We're both doing our own growth right now and it hasn't been so easy. And we could both use that holding and that nurturing. And because we're doing our work, by the time we get there, we're both going to be in a different space. We're going to be, you know, that step or two ahead and really able and ready to hold the people who come to join us there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the massages at the end. Oh my God, those massages. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, the massages at Menla are like nothing I've ever experienced. Hmm. (laughs) I'm looking off into the middle distance with a starry look in my eyes and just Mm -hmm. thinking about, that'll be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So So there's that. Yeah. Well, I have two (sighs) thoughts that I wanted to just share with both of you that I really appreciate how vulnerable and transparent you've been you've been with me and with your listeners because this is a transition that many of us go through and it takes a tremendous amount of vulnerability and courage to be in the middle of it and to have difficult conversations where you're having them and you know that you're having a difficult conversation and it's really uncomfortable but I think what you're showing us is that in order for you to really get in touch with what you're here to do that this uncoupling is what needs to happen to really stand in who you are. And that's such a great role model, especially again, you know, my experience, maybe not all women, but you know, women particularly tend to make ourselves smaller because we don't want to upset people. We don't want people to be disappointed in us. And what I'm watching with both of you is that, you know, you become so much more available to others when you listen to what you really need to be doing, even if it means creating some temporary discomfort. Thank you for sharing that reflection. Oh, you're welcome. And the second thought was, you know, you were in a rhythm where things were working and then it wasn't working. And so now you're kind of in that in-between place. It's not where it was working and you're not where you're heading yet. So there is this, you know, you've got one foot in the past inside of one foot heading towards where you're going. It is murky where you're at right now. And it is uncomfortable because it's a new path that hasn't been paved. And that's just part of the process too. But the two of you really seem to be able to lean into that and to embrace it and, you know, to be there for yourselves and for each other. And it's really a gift to watch just your process and the love and respect that you have for each other and for yourselves. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you so much. And thank you also for holding the space for this conversation. I think this is such a great way for us to share with our listeners where we're at in this conversation. And without you here holding this, I'm not sure we would have had as much clarity. Mm. So I, I really do want to thank you for your role in this conversation today. Oh, thank you. And I hope that you will come back on as a guest so that we can talk more about you and your work this fall. I would love that. Wonderful. Now, I know that you are in the middle of birthing a lot of things yourself. You're birthing a new website, that there's a potential new podcast coming out soon. Can you just let our listeners know how they can keep track of you? Where can they find you? I wish I could tell you. (laughs) Do you have a URL that will be live? As we were talking, I thought I should have gotten that from my web designer. So no, I don't. (laughs) You you don't have a URL yet? Like patriciayoung.com? I think it's patriciayounglcsw.com, but I'm not even sure. Okay. (laughs) So Patricia, when you do know your URL, you'll get it to me and we'll make sure to include that in our show notes so that our listeners can can find you and follow you there. (laughs) Great. It's also so fitting, right? I mean, this is why I'll have you on later as a guest. And it's Mm -hmm. also why it's so fitting for us to talk about these new beginnings and births with you because you really do understand where we're in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Two o'clock in the morning, I'll call you up. (laughs) (laughs) That's where those questions came from. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you again for being with us. Oh, you're very welcome. And as we talked about on the podcast, Marisa and I are still very much looking forward to co-hosting the Revision Retreat for Therapist Healers at Menla Mountain in Phoenicia, New York, up in the Catskills this August 13th to 16th of 2017. And if you're called to join us, we would love to have you. It promises to be a deep and introspective dive into seeing all the parts of who you really are and helping you integrate them into what you dare to show the world. So please check out practiceofbeingseen.com slash events to learn more. And you can use the special discount code SUMMER with a capital S and an exclamation point for an additional $44 off the retreat price. I will be continuing the Practice of Being Seen podcast into the fall. And Marisa and I do have a really amazing group of episodes that we've pre-recorded and that we cannot wait to share with you. You will be hearing those be released over the summer. So stick with us. The show's not over. <laughs> oh, and one more thing. We have a Practice of Being Seen Facebook group for our listening audience. Please come over and join us. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash pobscast, P-O-B-S-C-A-S-T. We would love to have you dive into conversation with us there. The group is just forming, and we can't wait to see what we all make it into together. Come join us and take care. See you next week. For more great content, please continue to check out practiceofbeingseen.com and help us to spread the word by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. Music is written and performed by Christopher Ferris and produced at Kidneystone Studio.